that it's not just a week of going through the motions, but it is a week to know that you alone are God. And we have a part to play here. God, don't let us waste one more day or one more week by just laid up, just enjoying the water and the beach. Let every word be pleasing to you. God, let us carve out prayer time with you, quiet time with you. Fill us up with enough boldness that when we speak to people, it comes out. There's nothing we can hide or do. It just comes out. Lord, I pray for whatever's the inside of us is what comes out on the outside. God, that we're not one person on the inside and on the outside someone else. That we begin to line up fully for what you have for us to do. God, time is short. We don't have a lot of time to waste doing nothing. Be glorified, God. We thank you, Father. We lift up this peninsula to you. It is our harvest town. This is where you're going to harvest people. And we're going to spend eternity with them, God. It's up to us to tell them. Either with bottled water or in the line at the big store. Oh God, move in our hearts. That it's truly who we are. That we're not checking a box here. It's not we leave here and tell people we went to church. It's not about church at all. It's about a relationship with you. That on Sundays we just come here to get filled up. Because our mission field is outside those doors. This is just a filling up time. So fill us up, God. In Jesus' name, amen, amen, amen. I'm glad you're here. You can have a seat. Let me get my glasses, all my stuff, all together. You know what, worship team, y'all did an awesome job. Y'all really did. I mean, you know what? Don't you dare be discouraged like it was this or that. Brent, the song choices were awesome, and I thank y'all for that. It was good. We're missing a few people, but it's amazing how this one is now playing the drums, and this one's now playing the keyboard. And th- I mean, everybody does different things to, uh, to make music. It is a good thing that y'all don't have to rely on me to sing. It is a joyful noise for sure. I can't, I'm glad you're here, but I cannot wait to tell you the story we have today. I cannot wait to tell you about what I'm preaching on today. Oh my gosh. I'm ready. I'm prepared. I met with God this morning. He met me just so clearly at Stuckey's when I'm passing Stuckey's this morning. He shows up because I say, God, I cannot do this without your anointing. I cannot do it. I just don't want to be just someone talking up there. Without your anointing, I am nothing. And oh my goodness, it happened at Stucky's in my car. The sermon all started when I was talking to someone down here after church last Sunday. I haven't seen them in a while, so they came down to say hello. Out of the blue, she said, out of the blue is a good thing. She says, I'm reading the book of Hosea. And I said, Oh, and in my spirit, I went, oh, my God. It was like, oh. So I'm trying to listen to her, but I knew at that moment that God wanted me in the book of Hosea. It's not a book that I would normally open up, but when she said it, I knew it. So I am so glad. 
and she just said, I, I just finished the book. I knew that that's what I was supposed to teach you today. I knew if you brought a visitor today for the first time or you're visiting for the first time, you're going, oh, dang it. Dang it. She's going to preach in the Old Testament. We won't understand it. It's going to be boring. It has nothing to do with me. I brought a visitor. I was expecting her to entertain us in some way. And now she's going to speak on this book in Hosea. Oh, are you so wrong? When you read the book of Hosea, you can't help but feel pain, anguish, loneliness, fear, anger, self-pity, self-doubt. And at the same time, and even jealousy, at the same time, you can feel joy, happiness, and love. This book is a must-read for you guys. Fourteen chapters. This is a must-read because after I explain it to you today, you're not going to be intimidated by it, that it's all weird. If you could just put it in perspective after today, I can see you going home and saying, okay, let me dust off my Bible and read this right here. And so today I want to explain it to you, but I don't have time in such detail that it deserves, so I'm just going to give you the cliff notes. Most of you don't even know what Cliff Notes is. I don't even know. Do they still make Cliff Notes with technology? I don't even know. I date myself sometimes. Like, I guess you could just cheat online now. We had to actually cheat with a book. <laughs> but y'all can cheat online. Did you read the book? Oh, yeah, I read the book in about two seconds off Cliff Notes. So today I am giving you the Cliff Notes version. But what I can tell you, oh, God, if that's you, come on. Like, come on, right now. <laughs> oh, please. Oh, I guess not. I live another minute or so. You ever get excited when you hear noises like that? I'm like, come on now. Whew. Anyway, uh, there's no way I can explain it in this short a time, but I want to tell you is Hosea did his part, and God did his part, and I know that you've heard me say that a zillion times. You have your part, God has his part, but I'm telling you, Hosea is so good. Hosea, the word Hosea means salvation, and that is what God offered to Israel if they would turn away from their craziness. I mean, if you were in the Isaiah class, this comes right after when Hezekiah was moving in and about 450, 500, well, Hosea moved right in in 700 B.C., so we're going to start right where it starts because this is a book about relationship. Relationship. God's relationship with his people and his people are falling apart. They have accepted things that they never thought that they would accept or even do. So Hosea 1, 2 and 3, when the Lord began to speak to Hosea, the Lord said to him, Listen, to, this don't even sound like God when he's speaking. But, I mean, when you read the book, you think, oh, how cool this is. He says, go. He's, go take to yourself an adulterous wife. I mean, who says that? Now, go find you an adulterous wife, and I want you to marry her. I mean, I'm reading this going, what? Well, who, who would do that? You can't wait. He said, go tell, take yourself an adulterous wife. And children of unfaithfulness, because the land is guilty of the most disgusting idolatry and adultery. 
in departing from the Lord. So he married, Hosea married Gomer, the, he, uh, and she conceived and bore him a son. I skipped what Gomer's name, dad's name was, because I, I don't even know how to say that. Do you ever do that? Just skip words you don't know and just kind of hope that it just kind of makes sense? You sound it out quietly to yourself? So Hosea was a prophet, 750, 700 B.C., God sent him to condemn the people's sin and call them back to the true God. The Lord made Hosea's family a living example of what he was doing in the land. So as you read it as just a, a man marrying an adulterous wife and, the, and she leaves and comes back and has affairs and comes back, you may read it that way and that's how it reads. But if you could possibly know how God meant it to read, it will blow your mind. Because what was going on, I'm going to get ahead of my notes, is a total example of what God's relationship was to Israel during that time and what he did. Don't read it like just a, like what it says. Read it knowing that this is a perfect example of what was going on. God commends Hosea to marry a prostitute named Gomer to make an example where Hosea represents a faithful God while his wife Gomer represents an unfaithful Israel and adultery, which equals to idolatry. You got it? So when you read it, I want you to know that it may appear one way, but God is using it in a huge example of what's going on in Israel and what's going on in this land. God feels desperate about his people's decline and what was going on during that time. This is a verse-by-verse verse comparison, if you can just read 14 chapters, a verse-by-verse verse comparison that can tell you how much God loves his country, Israel. And if you want to bring it to today, it will show you clearly how much God loves us in the USA. You can just... Read this and know that it is for today as well as in 750 B.C. Gomer has taken all she wanted from Hosea. His love, affection, compassion, forgiveness. She abused him. She was wicked. And then waits for him to bail her out of trouble over and over again. Now follow me here that you're going to put it in a relationship with God, what he does for his, the people that he loves. Gomer was not a faithful wife. So as a result of that, Hosea felt loneliness, emptiness, because his wife left him for another man. Did you know that the Bible had such good, juicy stories in there? This is a good story. But you've got to dig deep to know what this truly means. He most assuredly suffered from a lack of self-confidence. Hosea thought he was a true failure as a husband. But God wasn't ready to end that relationship. It wasn't time to be over. God instruct, instructed Hosea ways to get back to Gomer. Hosea could have been like any other men, totally turned off by her, saying, you're out. I'm not going to put up with that anymore. What you've done is despicable, and I will not forgive you, and I won't, I'll never take you back. Oh, that's not how God operates. That's not how he is. Here God leads us. He forgives us despite of the terrible things we do against him. He expects us to forgive in that same way. He does his part. 
He didn't punish Hosea and said, man, I'm going to give you a bad wife. This story is exactly what he does for us. you got to read it. But before we can start that, I want to make sure that you understand two things. I want you to understand what a contract is, and I want you to understand what a covenant is. Okay, because, because you see, a contract is when you go to the bank and borrow money, right? Or buy a car on credit, and we, we buy a house on credit. It's a contract. Contracts replace that old handshake kind of thing that we saw done by our grandfathers, like, you're good, yeah, you're good, yeah, handshake. Now it has to be a written contract. So you sign it, and the contract is based on mistrust. You have to have a paper because you don't trust enough to know that it'll go down the way you want it. This is the primary reason for a contract. It's a legal binding document that stipulates the rules of the agreement that you set. A contract contains terms that can be, alter, that can be altered if, if conditions change. A contract can be broken, I guess it can be broken, say bankruptcy or something would break a contract. But here's the definition of a covenant. And we're going to talk about contracts versus covenants. A covenant is based on trust, just the opposite. You trust your spouse when you marry. You have a covenant with God. He is truth. He cannot lie. Satan is the great deceiver. Uh, the conditions of a, co a covenant will never change. It cannot change. Covenants are a big deal to God, a huge deal. It cannot be broken. God was very selective of who he made covenants to. It wasn't with everyone, but let's say, and there are also promises. Let's say Abraham, Noah, Moses, David, and a few more. Thank the Lord our sinful ways can't dissolve the blood covenant that he made, and his name is Jesus. Covenants cannot be broken. Contracts can be broken. God never turns his back on us. Never, never. Oh, did he tell me that in front of Stuckey's today? He never turns his back on us. Israel and Judah have turned their, their back on him so many times, just like America, just like what we do now. But God is always there for us. Do I hear a little quiet amen till Joel comes back? Thank you, thank you. He wants our marriage to Christ to survive just like he wants our marriages to survive. And he wants our, the covenant to be strong. I mentioned that this book was made the reader feel happy at the end when Hosea, when all of that happened at the end. Hosea must have been so joyful when Gomer finally came back and said, you know what, I'm your wife, I'm all in. How joyful must God feel when we get to that point? When we're so tired of doing what we do, when we come back and say, okay, I'm all in. I'm not doing this anymore, playing both sides. I'm all in. How joyful Hosea was, who represents God, when Gomer came back and said, okay, all right, we can do this. Let's bring it forward today. America was founded under one nation, under God. But now we can't even say his name without someone questioning something about it. I am so stinking sick of Facebook. 
I might like your picture, but don't judge me if I don't. Don't call me and tell you, you don't like my picture. You didn't say anything in the public. I'm over it. I'm over it. I'm so over reading the comments that I really don't even read your posts. I just like them. Is that wrong? Don't judge. Because if I get into the bowels of this, these, these comments, I don't know what the heck is happening here. I, all I know is Port Bolivar. But if you say something, there's 10 people going to disagree and gripe about it. Oh, you don't think so? You're not on Facebook, obviously. So let me tell you, there's one nation under God, but we can't say one thing. We have cancel culture. We have this. We have every lives matter. We have all of these things going on. Everybody's got something. We pray that we come back to God like Gomer came back to Hosea. So here we are in Hosea 4.1. He said, hear the word of the Lord, you Israelites. Because the Lord has a, chain, a charge to bring against you who lived in the land. There's no faithfulness here. There's no love, no acknowledgement of God in the land. He's laying it out. He's saying pretty much this is a mess. It reminds us of Gomer, a hot mess wife. Hosea 4.2, there's only cursing, lying, murder, stealing, and adultery. 4.6, my people are destroyed by the lack of knowledge. So you just, no way I have time to go read you the book of Hosea. But if you get to chapter 6, he said, come on, let's return. You can almost hear Hosea talking to Gomer. And you can almost hear God talking to the U.S. He says, come on, let's return to the Lord. He has torn us to pieces, but he will heal us. He has injured us, but he will bind up all of our wounds. Hosea 6, 2, after two days, he will revive us. And listen to what he said. 700 years before Jesus was even born, he says, and on the third day, he will restore us. And on the third day, he will restore us so that we may live in his presence. Hosea 6, 3, let us acknowledge the Lord. Let us press on to acknowledge him. And as surely as the sun rises, he'll appear. He will come to us like winter rains, like the spring rains and water the earth. God is showing us in this book his steadfast love for Israel, that will never change. That will never change. And he does it so well by a hot mess couple. God uses man's relationship with his wayward wife as a parallel on how he feels about the Jews. God uses Hosea's emotions about his adulterous wife to say, this is how I feel about my people here. I love them. I love them. I want them to come back to me. It doesn't matter what you've done. It doesn't matter who you've been with. It doesn't matter. Just come back to me. Come back to me. God tells us. He tells Hosea to go marry a woman that has a reputation. In the same way that the Israelites have abused God and taken his goodness 
for granted. Just like we have taken his goodness for granted. Do you know across the world that they can't walk in and have church today? And Lord only knows if they brought a Bible in. Oh wait, that's not just the world. That happened in New York this week. A preacher talking to someone. That's not allowed on the streets. You better open your eyes, church. God is telling you in Hosea, please come back to me. It doesn't matter what you've done. Please, if you would just come back to me, I can make that right for you. Hosea and God's feelings are so intertwined, it's hard to tell when you read the book who's talking to who. If you just read the book saying it's just Hosea and his adulterous wife, you're going to miss the whole book. Is that right, Cheryl? I thought so. If you keep reading the story, we can relate to it so well for our country and our personal relationship with him. All he wants you to do is come back. Come back. Hosea 6, 4, what can I do with you, Israel and Judah? What can I do? 4, 6, my people are being destroyed by their lack of knowledge, love, justice. God cries out with jealousy for those that he loves. But I am the Lord, your God, who brought you out of Egypt. You shall acknowledge no God but me, no Savior except me. Moving fast to Hosea 11, when Israel was a child, I loved him. And out of Egypt I called my son Jesus. Hosea 11 too. But the more I called Israel, the further they went from me. Can you hear Jesus' cry in this? And God cries out in love. Why? Why? Because he made a covenant with Israel. And he will not break it. It was not a contract. Do you understand? It was a covenant, and covenants cannot be broken. He said, I'm not ever going to give up on you, Israel. I'm never going to give up on you, United States, and I'm never going to give up on you personally. We have a covenant, and I'm not breaking it. You might have, but I'm not breaking it. How can I give up on you? How can I hand you over in Israel? My heart has changed within me and my compassion has aroused. I will not, if you read it in 11, I will not come in wrath. This is perhaps the best book in the entire Bible. Even though you cringe when I even thought that I was going to talk about a book in the Old Testament. This is the best love story of how much God loves you. How deep that covenant he has with you. His steadfast love for us no matter what. His covenant love for us no matter what. That covenant. Think how strong a covenant is. I explained it pretty detailed. His name is Jesus. So when we read in Luke twenty-two twenty, In the same way after the supper. He took the cup saying this cup is the new covenant. It cannot be broken. This cup tells you, I love you. 
this is not a cup of wrath here. This is a cup saying, I love you. I've always loved you. I always will love you. No matter what you have done, Gomer, no matter what you have seen, heard, done, I love you. I am love. This cup is the new covenant in my blood, which is poured out for you. God tells Hosea, love your wife again, even though she's loved by another and is an adulteress. Love her as the Lord loves the Israelites. I pray that you may receive a revelation today of just how much God loves you. So deep that you can't even comprehend through a covenant that cannot be broken. And no matter what you have done, God's desire is for relationship. Now I keep reading in Hosea, how can I give up on you, Israel? How can I let you go? How can I destroy you? My heart is torn within me, but my compassion overflows. It hurts so deep, but that just brings out even more compassion for you. Return, O Israel, to you, Lord God. For your sins have brought you down. Bring your confessions and return to the Lord. Then the Lord says, then I will heal you of all faithfulness. My love will know no bounds, for my anger will be gone forever. God doesn't operate in wrath. He doesn't operate in anger. He only operates in love. He sees what you're doing. He knows what you're doing. But he loves you. But he loves you. And he has a covenant with you. Now I'm going to finish Hosea 14. It's the last chapter in in Hosea. Oh, Israel, stay away from idols. I am the one who answers your prayers and cares for you. I'm like a tree that's always green and all your fruit comes from me. God warned, he wanted to warn the Israelites that they had continued to move away from him. They were really turning toward their lover, their protector, their provider, like a loving husband or a father. The story of relationship is so spelled out in this book. When you read it, you will wonder, how come I haven't read this earlier? When you look at Hosea and Gomer's conversation in there and know that that's God, a complete symbolism of God and his land and his people, you will fall in love with the one who has loved you before you were even born. God is is the God who didn't give up on us. He had many reasons to give up on me. I gave him many reasons to give up on me. I gave him many reasons to give up on me. And he never did. He explained that so clearly in the car this morning in front of Stucky. Just how much he loved me and loves me. Have a relationship with him. Please talk to him. Allow him to talk into your very being. He died for you. He made a covenant with you. He loves this land. He loves this land. Do we just write it out and see how this plot ends? Or do we just do something about it? 
Do we just ride it out and stay quiet because we don't do political kind of talk? Or do we stand firm in what we believe and speak up? God, he loves this land. He loves you. This is the God who provided a new covenant. Maybe you feel like that God has rejected you. There's nothing you have done. Nothing that you have done. Even Gomer leaves Hosea turned into a mess. Children by different men. And he says, I love you. I love you. He could never not love you. He chases after you. He adores you. God wants to say you are loved more than you know because your mind trusts me as your God and Father and walk in relationship with me. You are wanted. You are loved. And you're God's child and all you have to do is simply trust him and know. Just simply know. It's easy for a preacher to stand up here and say God loved you. But he is love. He can't do anything else but that. It's not a choice he chooses. It's who he is. He made it so possible for you to have a relationship with him. First it was God. And then the new covenant of Jesus. And then the spirit comes. Every process is to draw you closer to him. Please. Please. When you have a relationship with God and in covenant with him, his promises are yours. His promises are yours. And what are those promises? What does he promise me? Well, no matter what, how far you've fallen or how much you've failed, these promises are yours. To forgive our sins and cleanse us, 1 John 1, 9. To give us eternal life and the inheritance of the kingdom, John 3, 16. To prepare a place for us in heaven, John 14. To raise our bodies from the grave. To never leave us and forsake us. To provide our needs, Philippians 4, 9. To heal our bodies, James 5. To guide us, 32, 8. To deliver from Satan's power, Colossians. I mean, do I need to go on? These promises to answer our prayers of faith in accordance to his will, 1 John to adopt us as his very children, to reward us for serving and obeying him. He has so many promises, which is the same word for covenant for you. Tap into that. Tap into that. This is only a partial list. God is truly gracious and he's truly kind. Even to Gomer. Bring her home. Asked Hosea to marry an adulterous wife so he could write this story of returning back to him. Do you get that? So he will return back to him. God, because God is a covenant making, covenant keeping. His faithfulness is of ultimate importance to him. He is absolutely faithful. There's nothing you could have done, nothing that would separate you from him. And he, expect, he expects his covenant partners to be faithful. That's what he wants you to be. 
He is absolutely truthful and expects his covenant partners to be truthful. So here's God. This is what God requires of those. I told you what the covenants are. I told you that much. Your part's pretty simple. Confess your sins. Believe in your heart that he's God. Confess with your mouth and believe in your heart that he's God. Be baptized in water. Give a public testimony of your faith. Love God, love people, Matthew 22. And just embrace a church that's faithful to the word of God and submit to its authority, joining in worship, prayer, and teaching the word. Believe in and obey that the Bible is true, not kind of true, not true sometimes, not pick and choose what you think is true. You must believe that the Bible, the entire Bible, is truthful. Serve the Lord with your abilities that he's given you to serve. Thank you, Hosea, for writing the most beautiful book that I don't know, but God loved me so much last Sunday that someone just mentioned the name of Hosea and it fell into my spirit. And this week, this is what I've studied. Oh my gosh. He loves you the very same. The difference between me and you is nothing at all. Nothing. I'm not holier than you. I'm not better than you. I'm not more knowledgeable than you. Nothing. Nothing. Do your part. Thank you, Hosea, for writing it. Making it so clear, our covenant with God, and which we have by believing the gospel, is the most powerful relationship like a marriage the most powerful relationship possible. It's a precious treasure. The only covenant that would never be broken, never, it will never be broken no matter what you have done. Keeping it faithfully in the most important, is the most important thing that we do because he's a covenant-keeping God. I know sometimes when I'm filled up with God so much that I come out here and I just feel like I have so much to say and I know I just have a little bit of time to say it and I'm th- there's no way you can comprehend 14 chapters of Hosea. I'm asking you to read it. But if you don't, if you don't, he still loves you the very same. Do you understand that? Even if you go, I don't even know where my Bible is. I don't, want, I don't understand those words. I don't know how to read. That's weird. He loves you the very same. He doesn't love me more because I read it. Are you less because you're never going to read it? He loves the very same. At the end of, of church, sometimes I pick videos <laughs> to show you that goes with the message. I was in the prayer room before y'all got here, and I, I told some prayer partners, I said, uh, I don't know what happened when I picked this video today. I was so in the spirit. You still have it? Pumped up. 
I was so pumped up. Thank you. It's like God speaks from that sound booth. Yeah. I was so pumped up when I picked this little video, and it, you're going to go, she's lost it. But if it can just give you four words or five words, I forgot, of a little jingle that you will play in your mind all the time. Just a little jingle that you can grab onto to where you can know that you know that you know. If you understand covenants and how powerful that they are, you will understand God's love for you better. After this, we'll have prayer come. You can leave. You can do whatever you want. Or you can come down and pray. Go ahead, Pam. Don't you? Lily, 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 Lily. 
Because it doesn't matter anyway. Prayer warriors, I want you to come up. If you don't know God, or if you're stuck listening to the wrong voice, now's your time to come pray with someone. We have three, four groups. Thank you. We thank you, God. Father, I thank you. You're a covenant-keeping God that cannot be broken no matter what our past is, God. Oh, God. Oh, God. We thank you. If you need prayer, come on down. Right now is the time. Thank you, God. Thank you, God. God. Thank you, God. Thank you for Jose and Gomer and their story. That he took her back no matter what she's done, God. You take us back and you take us back and you take us back. God, let us tell people. Let's be bold. Thank you, Jesus, that you're the new covenant, the brand new covenant. Thank you, God. Praise you. You can leave. You can stay. You can pray where you are. This is all I know. is how it ends but your mission field is outside those doors if there is no wrath in God hush up with yours hush up with your racism and your judging and your mindset pray for our country because God is faithful to heal our land Tell them it doesn't matter what they've done. Thank you.